Hey friends, this is Linda, and you're listening to Calling Water. Each week on our podcast, we look at a passage of scripture and ask ourselves two questions What does it mean, and what does it call us to do? In today's episode, A Spirit of Adoption, we're looking at Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 17, and how life in the Spirit is not just about adjusting a few bad habits, but reforming our entire identity as children of God. Let's get started. So we are wrapping up the month of May, which is Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month, where we celebrate the history, influences, and contributions the Asian immigrant community at large has made to the United States. In 2021, however, this commemoration falls a little flat to me, although it couldn't be more important in light of the rising, or should I say, resurgence of anti-Asian sentiments in this country. Now, I'll be the first to admit that I don't know enough about Asian American history, and that is entirely on me because I never tried very hard to learn. If anything, I try to distance myself from my heritage as much as possible. When I was introduced to the essay by Amy Tan called Fish Cheeks in middle school, I believe, I could feel precisely how mortified and exposed this young Asian American girl felt as all of her family's incredibly overt Asianness was put on display in front of a typical traditional white family. Now, I used to resent our very strict Korean-only-at-home policy growing up. And while I'm thankful for that now, because I can say I'm bilingual, hashtag blessed, it wasn't something I was intrinsically proud of then. Thus, I worked very, very hard for most of my adolescence to hide my Korean roots best I could, whether it was in the kind of food I ate, my accent when I pronounced certain words, or even how straight and black my hair naturally was. And as I grew older, I got more sophisticated with suppressing my identity. Instead of gaining a deeper understanding or appreciation of my ethnicity, I joined in with the masses to make fun of us Asians and all the stereotypes we perpetuated. If you think about it, the most ruthless anti-Asian jokes are in fact made by Asians themselves and did all these efforts to downplay our heritage, make us a part of the majority culture? Not even a little. Despite my best attempts to assimilate, I was acutely aware all the time that I was not one of them. I was still on occasion told to go back to where I came from, even though where I came from was Los Angeles, California. And decades later, it's frightening to think how little has changed. I mean, there are subtle improvements, I suppose. Like when I was a kid, my white friends would tell me kimchi smelled gross, which to be fair, it does. But now more and more non-Koreans I know claim to love kimchi. K-pop and K-drama are pretty much mainstream now. And yet, violence against Asians within this past year alone 
has escalated to alarming numbers. So much so that Stop Asian Hate is a whole movement now. Of course, there is so much more to unpack when it comes to the Asian American and Pacific Islander experience, but I just wanted to open up with this tidbit because the passage we're looking at today tells us about what it means to abandon a former identity to become fully formed into a new one, even though this new one is actually an old one, if that makes any sense. Much like how it has been and still is an ongoing challenge for me to step into my identity as a second-generation Asian-American woman, it's something I've always been, and now it's a matter of living it out in practice. Today's text doesn't have a narrative story, so I want to read it for us so that we can have a shared understanding of what the text says as we talk about what it means. I'm reading now from Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 17 in the NRSV translation. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if, in fact, we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. There's a lot going on here, but I want to draw your attention to the phrase in verse 15 that's also the title of today's episode, a spirit of adoption. Now, I don't know a lot about how adoption worked back in ancient Rome or even now, but notice that the text doesn't contrast adoption with biological birth. It contrasts adoption with slavery. So when you're brought in as a member of God's family, it is not with the intention that you are now a possession to be owned or controlled and to live in constant fear of being punished by a master. You are a rightful member of the family that contains equal rights with even biological children. Because who is the biological son in this metaphor? It's Jesus. Somehow, Romans 8 tells us that we can have the audacity to call ourselves joint heirs with Christ himself, who is the reason why our adoption into the Spirit was made possible in the first place. As bold as these claims are, this is not new information. The Apostle Paul in this passage of Romans isn't suddenly revealing a brand new relationship we now have with God. It's more or less a reminder to people who have already chosen and been chosen by God to live in the way that such chosen people should. And what is the way? To stop living according to the flesh, but to rather live according to the Spirit. Living according to the flesh can mean many things, but 
let's try to examine it critically from the lens of this spirit of adoption we've been talking about. Now, the flesh is diametrically opposed to the spirit, so we usually take this to mean that we should deny ourselves of all pleasure. But living by the spirit is not about dropping a few habits. It's about completely overturning our identity. This text is telling us you have been adopted into the family of God. You are a son. You are a daughter. You are an heir to the kingdom. But we live as though none of these are true. We live as though we haven't been claimed by God as his children. We seek out our pleasures and validation in every other thing, even when God tells us over and over again that all of those things can be found in him. Instead of seeing God as the father he is, Jesus as the brother he is, and the Holy Spirit as the one who confirms all these pieces of our identity, we see God as a master to be obeyed, that we often secretly disobey, then live in fear for what the punishment for that disobedience might be. Now, you have to understand, we have a very skewed idea of who God is if we think that our sins disqualify our belonging to the family of God. Have we forgotten that God loved the world so much that he sent his son to rectify the separation that existed between us and God due to sin? You are chosen, loved, and valued first and forgiven second. Your identity has always been first and foremost a child of God. The next step is to embrace that identity and live in that empowered and full way that a child of God does. So what does such a life look like? Does it mean that our lives will somehow be better and we won't suffer now that we have been inducted into this chosen fam? On the contrary, Romans chapter 8 verse 17 all but guarantees that we will all suffer to a certain degree. And that is just the reality of life in this broken world we live in. But the rest of the same verse gives us hope because it tells us that, yes, we will suffer, but not alone, but as heirs and as joint heirs with Christ. Suffering doesn't mean God has forgotten us, but rather that he is walking alongside us. He is sharing in our suffering just as much as we are called to suffer with Christ. But not only that, we are heirs of God, meaning even as adopted children, we are, dare I say, entitled to our inheritance. And that inheritance is glory. We may suffer together, but we will also be glorified together. This past month, our church kids have been learning about the Holy Spirit with this theme of legacy and how the Holy Spirit was the legacy given to us by God and left behind by Jesus once he returned to heaven. So the work that Jesus did on earth continues on through the Holy Spirit living in us and pushes that legacy forward. So when we say that we are heirs of God's glory, it's not just this some future promise of heaven. 
It's living out that legacy in the here and now and living it out according to the spirit rather than the flesh. Because the flesh would have you believe that a legacy worth building is one that involves a successful career, a beautiful picturesque family, a ton of followers on social media, an impressive physique, and the like. It's very much like how I used to pretend I wasn't in fact Asian and strive to be more white every day. But once I was able to fully realize my identity, I learned to embrace and even celebrate the very qualities that made me distinctly Asian and use those experiences to inform and educate my community. Likewise, once we stop pursuing our identity in the things outside of God and come to terms with our identity in God, that is when we truly live. So what is the legacy that you want to live out and leave behind? Now, this is so on the nose, but I am for obvious reasons called to the song Legacy by Nicole Nordeman. And in the chorus, she sings these lines. I want to leave a legacy. How will they remember me? Did I choose to love? Did I point to you enough to make a mark on things? And I invite you to ask this of yourself as well. I am a chosen child of God. I have been given a spirit of adoption, which means freedom. What will I choose to do with that freedom? Waste it away, chasing the temporary trappings of this world, or to fully step into this inheritance, this legacy we have in the Holy Spirit, to love more, to point to God more, and grow this family of God with our fellow adoptive brothers and sisters. Let's pray. God, we live in a day and age where our identities are constantly shifting based on how we see ourselves, how others see us, and how we think others see us. In response, what we often do is conform to those patterns and try to be the best outward versions of ourselves, which is still so far from complete. So thank you, God, for the reminder today that our fullness comes from you, from our identity in you as your sons and daughters, whom you chose to be a part of your family. Help us to live out each day with this renewed calling, not necessarily to do great things, but to do whatever it is that brings you glory. In Jesus' name, amen.